I first recorded a kind of snarky version of this podcast episode. I'm re-recording it because it deserves actual serious consideration. I believe not a snarky or holier-than-thou perspective. It begins, I guess, with a past guest, Jonathan Haidt, whose material I love. It's, I love it because it's changed me and my perspective on people with dis- who disagree with me more than most stuff. Mainly his book, The Righteous Mind, also The Coddling of the American Mind. So I'll link to his podcast episode. I really, I highly recommend his material. Also, he started or co-founded a group called Heterodox Academy. Heterodox Academy promotes viewpoint diversity within academia, promoting different ideas and not just people lobbing bombshells at each other, polarizing and just accusing the others of whatever, but actually talking to each other and learning from each other. From reading that, I've learned so much from talking to people who I normally wouldn't talk to, going out of my way to find different opinions. I highly recommend getting to know Jonathan Haidt's work and also Heterodox Academy. From a leadership perspective, on the environment, on all kinds of leadership, I find it very useful. In a recent Heterodox Academy newsletter, so I get a newsletter from, I think, weekly, and they point to articles around the web for people with different viewpoints that you might not get otherwise. One of them was from the UCLA School of Management, so their business school, Anderson School of Management, an article called Diversity, Measuring How and Why Groups See It Differently. I'll link to it in the text. The article I'm about to read summarizes an article in a journal. I'll link to both of them. I'll read the beginning of it. So the headline is Perceived Differences Between Diverse and Sufficiently Diverse. Now reading the first couple of paragraphs. The technology industry is a white male preserve with women often relegated to lesser positions. In a recent diversity report, Facebook said it had since 2014 raised the number of women in technical jobs from 15% to 23%, and women in senior roles from 23% to 30%. Continuing now, in a country whose population is 51% female, what is the magic number that would make Facebook's diversity effort a success in terms of gender? Continuing to the next paragraph, corporations under pressure to better reflect the changing face of America often base their efforts on the premise that diversity is achieved when an organization reaches a certain, quote, critical mass, end quote, of underrepresented group members. Is there a number or numbers that make an organization that's dominated by one type of individual, quote, sufficiently diverse, end quote? If so, who gets to determine those numbers and how? Continuing to the next paragraph, these questions are at the heart of research by New York University's Felix Danvold and UCLA Anderson's Miguel Nzueta, published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, Interpersonal Relations, and Group Processes. Now back to me, summarizing the article, they asked a bunch of people, whites, talking about when non-whites start filling up roles, at what point is a group sufficiently diverse? And then asking non-whites the same question. Similarly, asking men when a field that doesn't have as many women in it, at what number is diversity achieved for when you raise a number of women? And asking women the number when it becomes sufficiently diverse. And it's different numbers. It tends to be that the dominant group sees diversity at a lower threshold than the non-dominant group. I've long supported diversity, certainly since business school, when I learned that in groups making decisions, the group reaches a better outcome by the group's own measures when the group has more diverse inputs. I also learned, actually, I learned that in leadership classes, where I also learned that when you promote diversity of opinion, you also get disagreements, which lead to better outcomes by the group's measures, but also you get disagreements lead to arguments and people get angry, people, their moods get worked up. And apparently that's inevitable. What we learned is the remedy is effective leadership is very important in order to create disagreement and manage the emotions that get worked up. All right, that's an aside. This article researches when women and people of color start to get greater and greater representation, what are the different perspectives on it? 
I think that research is important. I'm glad to see people are doing it. It's curious to see the differences of opinion. I can't help but also reflect on other places where diversity isn't happening and people, for some reason, don't seem to be looking for it at all. For example, in my building, we have doormen, we have a super, a superintendent, and we have porters who do labor. I don't remember ever seeing, in all of New York City or anywhere, a female doorman. I don't remember seeing a female super. I don't go around looking for superintendents of buildings, but I've never seen a female one. And the porters who do the labor in the building, I've never seen a female porter. Not that I look for them, but I don't remember ever seeing them. When I walk the streets of New York City, I see countless delivery people, people delivering usually food, but also groceries, hardware, things throughout the city. Most of the food delivery people that I see tend to be, let's see, Chinese food delivery people tend to be Chinese men. There's a lot of Hispanic men delivering. There's a lot of either African-American or African. I'm not sure where they're from. Certainly when I see them, there's a park near me where a lot of them get together and there's a lot of African, African. I mean, they might be African-American, but they don't speak English when I hear them. And it sounds like, as far as I can tell, an African language. I've never seen a white delivery person. I don't think I've ever seen a female delivery person. I don't think I've ever seen research or interest in promoting diversity of skin color, of gender, of sex among these groups. I'm not sure of where I've seen anyone looking to promote white men or white women, women at all, into delivery people. One thought that comes to mind is going up and knocking on random people's doors in closed-off buildings may be dangerous. I understand that women fight in the front lines of the American military, where people are actively trying to kill you with weapons. If that's an acceptable place for women, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, I can see some reasons why it wouldn't be, but I can also see reasons why if women want to serve, they can. Why do we not have women delivery people? And I'm not asking this in a snarky reason. I'll, I'll get for a second why I think this is valuable. Actually, I'll get to why I think this is valuable. I understand that medicine doctors used to be male dominated. I think many sub-professions within MDs are now female dominated. I understand that when women began to enter in significant numbers into medical school, that the culture of, I guess it was a pretty dangerous culture, working these like 72-hour shifts with two hours of sleep or really long hours, I understand that that was dangerous. And I believe that that started changing when women started entering the field. My understanding, I don't know where I read this, is that society doesn't tolerate the level of risk for men applied to women. And so when women start entering a field that is male-dominated, especially a dangerous one, that we regulate it and we change it to become safer. I don't think learning to become an MD, to become a doctor, required working crazy hours. It's probably safer and more effective to do it the way we do now. So delivery people, I don't see why we couldn't make that to be safer. Or other male-dominated fields that are dangerous. Construction, working in mines, deep-sea fishing. There's a lot of moving around heavy, heavy equipment, but that heavy equipment is moving yet heavier other stuff. And if we make that equipment, that technology... If someone's going to use some technology to move some 100-ton block and you make it usable for someone who can lift what a human male can, well, I'm sure you can make the technology available so that a human female could pick it up too. I mean, it's 100 tons making it something that humans can lift. We can make the technology work for women too. But I'm not aware of people pushing or researching for that matter what happens when women go into these fields. And I don't see why not. I mentioned safety as a reason why it would make sense to have women enter these dangerous fields. Also, it makes sense that if we want equality, if all we work for is for women and people of color, underrepresented groups, to reach the desirable fields, the socially desirable fields, the mainstream socially desirable fields, 
like CEOs, president in the White House, in Congress, in the halls of, of the boardrooms. It's easy to confuse people looking for equality with people looking to better themselves. Now, if they really are looking for equality, why not push for women to become people who pick up garbage, people who deliver food, people who work out in the cold and the rain and, and, and long haul trucking and things like that? If we really want equality, if we don't seek equality everywhere, it looks like we're not going to get it everywhere. And for that matter, why not push for whites to be delivery people? How would that change the field itself, the practice of it? How would it change social acceptance of it? Collecting garbage and hauling it out of the city is an essential part of human life, of human society. Why do we not view this as highly regarded? Also, if we simply say we want men not to be in certain fields, but what does that say? Should they not be? What should they do otherwise? If we say here are these other fields for them to go, it seems that that would open up positions that are now only available to them. Why not change society that way? As I'm saying this, the people in my world, I think, believe they tend to believe that blue collar jobs, working class jobs are not as high status as other jobs. I understand that in other countries, I think Germany comes to mind is where when you pick what university you go to or what higher education you go to, some pick white collar, some pick blue collar, and you work just as hard to get into any of them. And I believe society looks highly, just as highly at all different jobs, but America doesn't. I think we could change that. Why not push for whites to become more delivery people? Why not push for women to become delivery people? That seems to me what equality is about. I looked up more about the authors and I found another article summarizing research by one of them. This is in a page called The Cut. The headline is, here's what happens when you tell white people America is getting less white. Again, this is a mainstream article summarizing primary research. I'll read the first couple of paragraphs. Starting the paragraph. The concept of, quote, all American, end quote, which has historically been used to mean, quote, white people, end quote, is rapidly changing. By around 2050 or so, white people will no longer constitute a majority in this country. Some past research has suggested that the more aware white people are of this demographic shift, the more threatened they will feel by it. And a recent paper in Social Psychology and Personality Science demonstrates this in a pretty nifty way. The next paragraph says, For the second of two studies they conducted for the paper, Felix Danbold and Yuan Huo of UCLA recruited a group of online white study participants and showed them one of two graphs projecting the U.S. population between now and 2050. One showed the white and non-white populations rising at an equal rate, so that it appeared non-white people weren't, quote, catching up to white people. The other showed a situation closer to the reality, which is that in two or three decades, there will be more non-white people than white people. Research shows that whites reacted defensively, is how it characterized. I'll give the link so you can see for yourself. When they reacted more defensively, when it looked like they were going to be overtaken, and less so when they were not. Similarly to looking at women and people of color entering executive positions, we're talking here about overall numbers of people. I wonder if anyone's done research. If you go to a country that's non-majority white, so say in Asia or Africa, and ask people there who are in the majority, Asians or Africans, and you start showing white people or Hispanic people, or in Africa show Asian people, or in Asia show African people rising, do people ask them the same questions and find out their level of defensiveness or not. I think that would be interesting to find out. And there's all sorts of directions you can go. Hispanic countries, what about whites, Asians, blacks, and so forth. You can think of all the different races and skin colors and so forth, and think of all the other different races and skin colors entering into those areas and ask them. I'd be curious to find out, apparently, if whites seem defensive in the United States, maybe in Europe too, I'm not sure. What about these other countries? For that matter, in this country, 
it feels like there's a strong push to get more representation of women and people of color into the halls of power, into the Supreme Court and Congress and the presidency, CEOs, boardrooms. What about in other countries that have non-white majorities? Are there pushes to get whites into positions of power there? Do we want more whites represented in the positions of power running African countries, running Asian countries? If not, why not? I feel like, and I'm not anyone else, so I can't tell. I feel like a lot of people want fewer whites in power in other places. I think they feel like when whites try to do something, they're imperializing. They're trying to take over the place and run the place for themselves and take over power, take it away from others. Why don't people feel that way here? I'm not asking this in some snarky way. I, I mean, partly, I wonder if people feel like whites just try to take over or they're always trying to be imperialist. Is that because of their skin color? Am I misinterpreting? Am I misjudging? Am I misreading how people view whites versus non-whites, men versus women in places where they're not in power? I'm not sure. I'm curious. I'd be curious to see if people are doing that research. I'm not aware of people doing that research. And I fully say my ignorance. I don't know. I don't really research this stuff. I just don't see it in the mainstream press. Not that I look for it. So it might be a selection effect on my part. What I'm getting at here is that if we want equality, I think we have to work for it everywhere. If we only look to put non-represented people into the positions that they view as very desirable, I think it looks like being opportunistic. I think it looks self-serving, not equality-serving, not society-serving, not helping everybody, but helping oneself. I think that's how it looks. I don't think that's how people feel. I think equality comes from working for it everywhere. That means making more men kindergarten teachers, more men nurses, more men midwives, I guess. I'm not sure. And then more women delivery people, more women construction workers, deep sea fishers, working in mining. If we want more non-whites in positions of power in Europe and America, where it's generally whites in those positions, what about having whites and all different groups, more whites in Asia, more whites in African positions of power, more Asians in African, and you see all the different combinations, more Africans in Asia and more Africans everywhere. I'm not sure people look for those things. And I think often people cringe at the idea of having more whites, say, taking positions of power in Africa or Asia. I'm not sure. I guess I invite you as a listener to think for yourself, do you want equality everywhere? If so, are you working for equality everywhere? If you don't want equality, are there reasons not to have equality? And if so, what are those reasons? This episode has been mainly about leadership, less about the environment. But I think leadership is leadership everywhere. And the more you improve your leadership in one area, the more you improve it in every area. I'd love your thoughts.